Okay, good morning. So, today, last day of one year, tomorrow, first day of a new year, I wanted to have a wonder on how do we understand the practice and uh, how do we proceed. What does it mean to practice? What does it mean to be a practitioner? A few other questions to, to look at. But uh, before we get there, I would like to set the tone with uh, going through the fire sermon, which I don't know if uh, some of you may be familiar with. One of the sutras by the Buddha, one of his teachings. So, the fire sermon. On one occasion, the Buddha was talking with his monks, and he said, Monks, everything is on fire. What is on fire? The eye is on fire. Forms are on fire. Consciousness at the eye is on fire. Contact at the eye is on fire. And whatever there is that arises in dependence on contact at the eye, experienced as pleasure, pain, or neither pleasure nor pain. That too is on fire. On fire with what? On fire with the fire of passion. On fire with aversion. The fire of delusion. On fire with birth, aging, and death. With sorrows, lamentations, pains, distresses, and despair. Then he goes on to say the same thing about the other five senses. The ear is on fire with sounds. The nose is on fire with aromas. The tongue is on fire with flavors. The body is on fire with tactile sensations. The intellect is on fire with ideas. In a nutshell, as soon as we perceive the world through one of our six senses, we are on fire. Impulses arise. We obey them, believing we are actually acting in accordance with our true self, without verifying whether or not it is true. The point of being on fire is clearly raising the urgency of practice, the urgency of the need to awaken, to see things as they are. But do we understand it? And if we do, do we practice in accordance with that understanding? So what we need to explore today has to do with, first, whether or not we feel the urgency of practice. And if we do, how do we practice based on that without stress? So a few points I want to bring up in relation to that. Taking full responsibility for the practice. How do we sustain it? What is sustenance for you personally? How do you sustain your practice? How do you stay tenacious? 
practically speaking, not as an idea. How do we keep it flowing through the cultivation of right effort? Not too light, not too heavy. Now being responsible for the practice means we each, you, need to take the responsibility to take initiatives. To not wait for things to be handed down to you, but to stay in touch, to reach out, whether it's to reach out to me as a teacher or to reach out to other Sangha members to just talk about difficulties, to talk about how we can help each other, and communicate. We're all here for the same reason. And quite often we actually experience the same difficulties, the same challenges, which is the good news, right? Because all familiar with how difficult it is to sustain it. Also, how easy it is to get excited by the practice. We know that too. So not the excitement nor the letting it go. Those are just extremes. But day by day, sustenance. That's where it happens. It's the only place it happens. In a non-emotional way. Also, what does it mean to know how to be a student? To know how to work with a teacher? To not expect a teacher to do it for me? Or what do we expect from a teacher? What is reverence for a teacher and why has it been so, such a big part of practice, of the tradition we are practicing? What is a sangha for you? Not as an idea, but for you personally. And how do we understand seamless practice? So these are just few questions to look at, to discuss, and many others to look at, but for now, this will do. So I'd like to open it up. If you have a question about it, if you would like to offer, uh, if you would like to share with us <coughs> your own personal difficulties and what works for you, what do you see yourself in it? So, go ahead. All right. Go ahead. Yeah? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, what I thought I'd talk about maybe a little bit today is it's something that's been on my mind. I don't know. Can, can you guys hear on the... Uh, all right, cool. Um, is to look at resistance, right? And what, is, <clears throat> what does resistance to the practice mean? 
Um, how does it um, how does it show itself, right? What's sort of the anatomy of resistance? Because I think we have, I have, I'm gonna speak in the first person. I think I have an intellectual, I think, idea of what resistance is, but that's not necessarily the way that it shows up, right? So when I really try and feel what that's like, right? Resistance shows up in, in all sorts of ways. It shows up as a pain in my back. It shows up as a closing in my throat. It shows up with a thought, an irritation, um, a, a sense of I get it and I don't want to continue doing it. You know, this, this, it shows, I guess my point is, is that it shows up in, in a whole myriad of different ways, really um, basic ways that, that cause all kinds of problems in terms of sustaining the practice, right? You know, and, and so I, I think it's just helpful for me to be mindful of that, to, to, to really be acutely aware of when and how that resistance shows up because it can derail everything. I mean, it really, it really can. One little thought of being irritated at something or stressed about something can totally knock the practice off of its, you know, off for a day, a week, a month, a year, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And so I think that's the first part, being mindful of that. I think the counterpoint to that is, when you think about it, it's, it's what, what does sustain the practice, right? Like, what actually does do it? And for me, it's, it's just this insatiable will. I think that's the best word that I can use to describe it. It's this, it's this will. It's this, this inner force, this drive. And it's, it's a little bit more than determination, but it's this drive. And I ask myself, well, drive to what? It's a drive to understand, a drive to get to the bottom of it, a drive to finally put to rest this question of, you know, who am I? Why am I here? What's going on? What's this all about? It's that fundamental underlying question that is always there, but that never really truly gets resolved. And so then it's how do you cultivate that will? What do you do? And the thought that I had, and you know, that I'll, that I'll share with you guys today, is that the good news about will, at least in my understanding, is that it doesn't care. It doesn't care what you did yesterday. It doesn't care what you're going to do tomorrow. It just cares about what's going on now. <laughs> and so, you know, in talking to people and also looking at myself, you know, where, you know, we say, oh, you know, I got irritated yesterday and I didn't practice or I didn't sit yesterday or I didn't sit for a week or I'm off my... Who cares? Like, who cares, right? What matters is right now. What matters is getting back to the practice, getting back to the, 
you know, to, to this, to these insatiable questions that somehow just need to get answered. And so, I think about 2018, I think about those two things. The resistance that is sure to come, and the um, will that's required, irrespective of anything that's happened before, or anything that may happen you know, going forward, that can help to really sustain it. So, so knowing, knowing oneself, right, knowing what gets in my way, is actually good, right? Because from experience, I know I will encounter this again, right? And I know that I will have to work with it. Right? To not expect to not encounter resistance, mm -hmm. right? It's okay, because okay, well, we're gonna encounter it. How do I practice when I encounter resistance? How do I not allow the resistance to rule the day? Right. To dictate to me whether or not I will do what I choose to do, right? right? To convince me that maybe I don't wanna do this. Maybe, I, maybe there's something better to do today. Because it does convince us. Right? To stay on path. It's a very fine groove. Mm -hmm. Very easy to get out of. Mm -hmm. Okay, so to know oneself, that's good. For sustenance. Right? Alright. Anything else? Mm -hmm. Well, I think... Oh, sorry. No. Oh, yeah, so I think, like... One thing that really helped me throughout, like, um, everyday life, especially like in high school and stuff, is when you like sit there and you see all this. Because like everyone has so many minute problems in high school. Very often, it's like, oh, I got a, a B on my test, and I'm like, well, next time or like the next test, you'll study, you'll get an A, or you won't, and like whatever happens, happens. But you have to work with it, and they just kind of get stuck on that. And I think getting stuck on those minute problems and not trying to like, not resolve them, but like better them as you go forward and realizing that they happened, but you can keep going after them is, is very important. And like getting out of your own body and kind of seeing everything and like on above perspective is very important to like me going forward and like being better and practice and stuff like that. Okay. Anything else? Yes? I've been turning this around, so turn to me now. I, um, so one <coughs> way that I've gotten stuck and haven't been able to get out of myself is actually in knowing who I am or having an idea of who I am and these different versions of myself. And um, I... Um, so some of you know like most of you know, I'm a, a mom now, a full-time mom, and um, I've let a lot of my other practices, which weren't deeply rooted, go in the, um, in the <coughs> demands and, and just giving myself to being a full-time mom and letting that be encompassing. And I am, um, I haven't been practicing, and I am trying to, I am here now, and I'm, uh, yesterday I did Aikido for the first time in a long time, and I was there then, and I'm going to go back this week, and so a uh, part of um, my practice that I know is essential moving into this year is, um, is not attaching too much 
meaning to these things that I really want to do that I just can do and don't need to categorize as like I um, as out of reach because I'm just certain self I'm, I'm just mom now so I can't do I can't fit in these other things that really are meaningful to me that I really need now um, but just to know that what those resistances are that I have whether it's um, kind of going mindlessly going on social media or wanting a little bit more sleep or thinking that I need it when actually what I need is to re-energize um, that those things aren't that they're within reach and that it can all be part of myself um, and just to work it in um, and to trust that working it in um, just what those triggers are. And I think like when, um, when you know that it's time to work something in, if it's simple enough. Um, so that's something I haven't yet strengthened and um, I would like your help. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just to take it a day at a time. So thank you. Okay, so I would like I would like yeah. your help. This is good, right? Yeah. How do we help each other? It's true that we are here to support and help each other. Right. How do we do that? Any thoughts, ideas? How do we how do we help each other? Does it mean to uh, have a sangha, to be a part of a sangha? Oh, I, I think that's that's the main way that we do help each other is by gathering and, and having sessions like this. This is this is probably the best way. You know, uh, social media is great for certain things, but I think when we all get together and we see and feel and hear each other's issues and problems and triumphs, I think that's when, for me, it it, it kind of hits home. Um, I think. Continuing to, to practice means for me to be in a, in a constant state of open observation, of awareness of what's going on around me, of um, other people, how they're feeling, how they're showing up. And that's always, uh, I don't want to say confidence building, but it's, it's, it's always a positive aspect of the practice to see other people coming and practicing um, I agree with what you were saying earlier about being aware of the things that show up that cause you resistance. Um, and I, I've been very fortunate that my line of work is extremely technical. It's so technical that you can't possibly grasp it all because it's overwhelming. So I've learned to, to create little rules of thumb, to use a catchphrase, in that you know, I'll, I'll revisit these aspects of my work and I'll assign this, this rule of thumb. So I don't have to know the whole code, I don't have to know everything about it, but I know this is what I can do and this is what I can't do. Mm -hmm. And I see that spilling into my practice. <coughs> Sometimes all of this can be very overwhelming. There's so many koans, there's so many uh, stories, there's so many things to practice, there's so many ways to practice that 
it's, it can be overwhelming at times, and I think that's how resistance shows up for me. It's overwhelming. I don't really want to, I don't think I'm ever going to get it. It doesn't make sense to me, so I'm just, you know, put it away. You know. But I find that you just create a little rule of thumb. That if you remember that just showing up, regardless of how you feel or what you thought before you got there, just showing up will make you feel better. You'll understand it eventually if you keep coming, if you keep, if you're consistent in your practice. And so that's a little rule of thumb that I use that gets me through those the hard times, the times that, you know, just make me not want to be here. Um, and then, and then there's also the aspect of, you know, making it easy. I, I think by and, I think we, you know, we use the word embodying a lot, to embody things. I, I take that to heart. If I'm going to learn something, I may as well embody it right away, not resist it. Just give it a try, be open to it. Um, trusting is a big one that we've worked on for many years with me. Just not trusting in anything specific, but just trusting that whatever it is, is going to work itself out. Um, and it's you know been proven through my experience that that, that's a wonderful aspect of our practice, is to just trust. Don't assign anything to it. Let go of everything that you think you know about everything, and show up and be here. <laughs> it makes it easy. Mm-hmm. It makes it easy. So there's a lot less resistance. And the other, the, other aspect, the other side of that coin is you have to be careful not to become too comfortable, also, or complacent. Because I... That's another way that resistance shows up. Oh, you know, today, being warm in bed, like, uh, yeah, do I really want to get out from the covers, and I know it's going to be cold at the dojo, and, you know, wear my sweatshirt. And, but, you know, you let it all go, and you show up anyway. So, not to get too comfortable, and, and not to, to uh, let any of those things that show up that cause you to think that, you know, you should be doing something else. You know, you said to show up, and you said a few times, but you know, we want the Sangha to help our practice, right? To support our practice. But there is no such thing. There's no entity called Sangha. We have to understand that. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm going to be home and the Sangha will keep going. No, it won't. Right. Because I am the Sangha. There is no thing, a part of me, that is called the Sangha. It's very important to remember that, right? What would keep going if I'm not there. An idea will keep going. I'm going to take a break. Yeah, no problem. But then what we do, we support the idea of separation and the idea of something we call a Sangha. (coughs) But it's not true. So if we want the Sangha to help us, we have to help the Sangha by being there, by being the Sangha. So the bottom line of that is we are the ones who are helping ourselves because there is no separation mm-hmm. we create separations from everything right but we have to change that I'm not there what, what exactly is going on yeah that's a good point actually and, and I can see how that relates to other things like countries <laughs> yeah and you know different areas of the world that are you know everything's separate but yeah we're all we're all one we're all connected and now the fact that resistance shows up is actually a good thing because that's exactly what we need to practice. This is how the self is going to show up. It's not going to show up the way we want it to show up. It's going to show up the way it chooses to show up. 
And, and often the more we, the, the deeper we dive into practice, the more it will retaliate. Because it's losing ground. It will fight back very strongly. So we have to understand that and then learn to work with it. Yes. Well, I was just gonna say, um, I think I think we live in a world um, of parts, mm -hmm. right? Because of all the separation. I feel like my big problem. My big problem is um, fluctuating between being part of the whole, being my many parts, and being the whole that's being <coughs> the many parts. And I think I experience um, resistance when I say, I am this, now I'm this, now I'm this, now I'm this. Mm -hmm. And I don't experience resistance when I say, I am this, here. And I see that part. I see it as it comes back to the awareness, right? That, like, yeah. um, KG were talking about the awareness of um, what comes up, what resistance, all these many parts, but we're not parts. We're just one whole with observance of all these voices that come up. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to get out of bed this morning. It's warm here. It's cold there. Or bigger resistances like, um, you know, but just questioning the practice, questioning um, what we're doing, right? Those bigger resistances, larger resistances. Um, also, I wanted to say uh, about the Sangha, it's really, you know, having, you know, I, I often think about, and I don't know what's <coughs> up, but you know, I often think about, you know, if, if I weren't your wife, if I would be here, or if I would be able to have the strength to come and to overcome these different resistances that I have, you know. Because I'm, I'm here, and I'm here, I want to be here, and I want to practice. You know, I know that a lot of people here have motivation to practice, and sometimes they come and sometimes they don't, but I'm always here. So seeing that, <clears throat> I, you know, I question that sometimes. Um, but what really holds me steady is um, the fact that I'm not, if I'm not here, there, there's nobody here, you know. Um, and I was thinking about that when you were saying mm -hmm. there, there is no Sangha without this person or that person, you know. So I often feel like I'm here, and um, but I feel like yeah, it wouldn't be here if all of you don't show up. It's, there, there's no sign that, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, on, that, on that note, it's, it's hard for me to be here um, because, because I have to do a lot of preparation. I'm preparing milk for my son and I'm not used to pumping and things like this. and. Um, it's a long haul to get here, and so it's really great for me when people share on the, the email thread. And um, I want to encourage just total openness in sharing. And and sometimes threads um, have gone in a 
a channel of a certain like zen tone and that's great and I, I don't say that with any kind of like judgment of it but I just wanna I want to know what's going on in all of your lives and, and I want to share myself and, and the little things that I'm going through that may put me back into the mindset of I'm practicing and this um, made me aware of how things are connected and so to have the, the freedom in this forum all together to share whatever um, with like, you know, a mindful <laughs> A mindful sensibility um, but I think I think that would be fun and um, and cool and it would make me feel feel the, the community um, the connection yeah and then not as guilty or whatever other feelings I have about not being able to get here as frequently as I'd like to um, and we'll just get to know each other better, and then it'll be, I think it'll encourage more communication. Yeah, that's, communication is key, obviously, and on any level. Also, you can communicate directly with a person from the yeah. Sangha. Not everything has to be the whole group, right? And mm -hmm. sometimes you actually do have direct communication with each other, which is great. But the whole point, the purpose is to strengthen, right? To, um, <coughs> when we are not in touch, it is much easier to be off, much easier to be off, right? And then, like you say, to feel bad about not being here, and then because we feel bad, we don't show up, which kind of fits us a cycle, right? It feeds itself. And then if we're not here, like the, the Sangha becomes this entity that yes. I'm not a part of, that's yeah. just separate, that I you know, can't get to, or... True. So, so practically speaking, right, we all have to uh, look at all our responsibilities and make, make decisions about what is realistic. How often is, real, is it realistic for me to show up, right? And then to make that decision based on that, and then once I make the decision, to actually do it, right? Because if I'm going to open it up, you know, to, to uh, ponder, I'm going to ponder and I may not come, although I made the decision to come, if I look at it, I think, well, maybe not to next time. I'll skip this time. And then we end up skipping and skipping and skipping, obviously. Right? Same with Zazen, daily Zazen. Right? For this, we don't need to go anywhere. We can sit anywhere we are. Right? It's just a matter of doing it. Mm -hmm. right? so, so why don't we? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely like that thought that everyone has, where it's like, well, I'll just do it tomorrow. But then tomorrow is today, and there's no tomorrow anymore. And you just don't ever do it. It becomes like the cycle of, you know, pushing it away without you realizing, because you think, you know, tomorrow is an actual entity, but it's not. There's only today. Yeah. I read something yesterday similar to that. It said um, it was one of these spiritual leaders. I forgot who, but um, he said um, the future doesn't start tomorrow. It starts today. Yeah. 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 Definitely starts today. Yeah. One, two, three. Sure. Um, I consider myself one of the, you know, the beginners who practicing a couple of years already. And I saw development of Sangha, how it starts, who stay. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I'm a little bit uh, sad that from my Jukai, 
I the only one who stay. And that's bad. But at the same time, we have much more people who come, like join us and still coming and join us. And I think it's 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 uh, some people know what mean a, a, a profoundly responsibility and loyalty and all this kind of stuff because uh, if I'm coming, I'm doing zazen. I I learned to do how to see it from from the beginning. It was very difficult, and I learned how to see, and then I understood what other stuff that I have to learn, and I learn, and I, and then comes Sangha. And actually, this is the time for me that I'm learning what means Sangha. And I see all kind of development, all kind of stuff that's going on in Sangha. Sometimes it makes me, wow, that's amazing. Sometimes, eh, disappointment. But, what I see that people who regularly come, they really know what mean responsibility, uh, loyalty, and appreciation for what we're doing. And, and these people, uh, you know, like I think Ivan told me once, who coming? This is the people who coming. Don't think about who not. They not considered you. Concentrate on people who coming, who with you, who really going with you to this path that we choose when we start being in Sangha or took our vows or who gonna take vows. We we are part of something. It's in our hands how we're gonna develop that. It's we we're gonna be much more connected or not, it's again in our hand. And and most of you clearly say that uh, let's communicate it. Besides that we're gonna come here and it's fun, it's really like today I feel so amazing. I was so tired, I didn't sleep this night, and I come and I see so many <coughs> people that join us when it's really really cold, it's really really good to stay in a bed. And people come, I, I'm more than appreciate. I'll be honest with you, I'm saying and I'm shaking right now because I'm so excited to see so many people. It's really doing something. Yeah, we, we can sit, we, we're not talking, but it's more than that. It's the energy that we're creating that we, more people. And, and really, like, I can say personally, I so appreciate who coming and especially these days that we are so many and so connected. It's really giving some power. I, I feel power. And personally, I'm in transformation, spiritual transformation, and I'm feeling that very, very strongly. But I also feel that Sangha have transformation, going to some, some, some place, some, some path. And it's together, and it's very, very comforting. It's really helping. So, and I'll be honest with you, I connected to some members of the Sangha very, very much, very, very close, maybe too much close. And they, they helped me. They helped me. 
So if this is the way that Sangha is supposed to work, I think it's very positive and we have to cultivate that as much as we can. My opinion. It's <laughs> uh, good, thank you. And I know. Yes. <laughs> uh, one of the other things, we have to move it forward, obviously, because we do have to end soon. But uh, one of the things that um, Eka and I talked about, actually, I want you guys to say a few things as well, so be prepared, uh, is uh, emotional resiliency in terms of meeting the practice, right? You know, in terms of, uh, for example, how to, if I say certain things to you, if I guide you in a certain direction, uh, if I say things you may not want to hear, right? How do you deal with that? How do you deal with saying, well, screw that, you know, I'm done with this. I don't want to hear these things. I don't want to do that. Why do I have to do it? Why is he telling me this? And no problem with that. I mean, this is natural. It's going to come up. But the question is, why? What exactly do we expect from a teacher? If we want a teacher to tell us what we want to hear, then what's the point of having a teacher? Why should we bother at all? You know, a job of a teacher is to say exactly what we don't want to hear and to push our buttons and to put roadblocks in our way big ones, to challenge us, basically, right? And then when we are challenged, then the component of emotional resiliency is very important, right? Because we are being pushed, primarily emotionally, right? Because it's, most of it is not a physical thing, right? So how do I deal with it? How do I meet that? And uh, maybe Ekan wants to say a few words about that, since we talked about it. Can you hear me? Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. We all... Oh, my, I, feel, I feel so elevated. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, well, we had, a, we had an interesting chat about that a couple of weeks ago. And I, I think uh, a couple of ideas helped me. Uh, Check the volume, make sure it's up. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 Thank <laughs> you. 
So long, right, it's a long haul, it's true, it takes time, but on the other hand, it's happening. It's not that something will happen later, right? It's happening already, I just don't see it, I just don't feel it. So in terms of working with a teacher in Dokusan, you said, right? Now, you sit down with a teacher, and a teacher looks at you and sees a Buddha, but at the same time, does not hear a Buddha. Right? Which is really what we're trying to kind of merge, right? What we see and what we hear have to kind of come together. And that's the challenge. That's the job of, that's what we do basically, right? In Dogisan and everyday practice. We're trying to connect the way we act with the way we are, what we are really. Right? And then the actions, the words, the actions fit. And that's a process. It takes a long time. But it doesn't mean that the Buddha is not already fully alive, fully functioning. It never means that. It just means we don't see it, we don't feel it, and we obey something else, different impulses in us. And that's, that's the task, basically. Right? So, yeah, we have, to be, we have to be willing to put everything on the line. Everything we've got. Put it all on the line. Give it all up. Otherwise, what is practice? What are we doing? So waste of time. Otherwise, there are better things to do. So, thank you. Chodo, um, do you want to say something? Could you uh, ask him? Hey, he's on me. I just had to admit myself. Okay. Well, Roshi, do I have a choice? Can I not say something? <laughs> That's too late. That's it. You started to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, listening to the, to the speech of Keiji and Alikan, I was also wondering if there is something like a, if there is something like a, a whole journey or if there is something like a long run or if this is ever going to feel easier or better or more genuine than it is feeling right now. And um, I think I have the suspicion that there is not, nothing like a, like a long one and that everything that can be, can be done or can be actualized has to be done right now and has to be worked with right now. So that's one thing that, uh, that's crossed my mind. And on the other thing, what on the other hand, what you just said, to put everything on, on the line, that's really something that I, I am personally struggling with, and um, which is I have the impression keeping me from getting fully in touch with what this is about, what we're doing here, and um, how to how to lose myself, how to lose everything, and to. I don't know, to, to deeply dive into that, that's, that's something, maybe it's, it's also a matter of distance, distance to the sala that I see sitting in the, in the dojo here in front of me on the screen, and um, I have no, not exactly the same thing here in Germany, there is a group that I sit with on a more or less regular basis every other week, and um, but it's, it's not the same. It's not exactly 
expectation and there are tasters given and it's really a bunch of nice people but it's not the same thing and that is something that I think I'm lacking and um, this means of exchange via email I think that's something I would also like to contribute more mm-hmm. but um, it feels still feels a little bit artificial to me but maybe I also need to give more there and um, yeah that could be one resolution for 2018 actually yeah I'm with you Martin but thank you for that you said that's very important point you said that I feel that because I am not putting it all on the line then I'm not experiencing I'm holding myself back, I'm holding the practice back, right? I mean, it's not opening deeply because I'm not putting it all, right? I'm not giving it all, right? Yes, and how do I give all? How do I do that? I don't know. Well, you do it every time you feel like not doing something, you do it. Every time you feel like holding back, you change it. It doesn't, it's not an idea. This is why the practicality of this discussion is very important. Right? Because it comes down to the small resistances, right? In a way, what, what Katie was talking about, right? It comes down to day by day, moment by moment, which actually ties uh, very well with what you need to do and what we all need to do is make the practice our own. You go to sit with a group. It doesn't really matter. You sit, right? You practice. It doesn't matter what they do. It's what you do with the practice that matters. Right? You can go very deep. Even if everybody else is not, it really doesn't matter what they do. It's your practice day by day. You go to work, you practice. You come home, you practice. You get on a bike, you practice. It doesn't stop. That's how we give it all. You give all your activities to the practice, right? So it's not just when you go to wherever you go to. You give every breath to the practice. And then you're practicing seamlessly, continuously, right? Only you are responsible for that. Only you can do that. That's a fairly new thing to me. Good. So, they have the whole responsibility. All right. That's kind of new. And <laughs> you know that, Tsunuru, that uh, in February I'm going to become a parent. And um, yeah, this is also something in that context which. Um, makes me feel uneasy, to say the least. <laughs> then become an awakened parent, how's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Lots of new stuff, it's good. But we're gonna keep talking about it individually, right? But this is so good, this is great to, to bring up. And um, now I talked before about reaching out, that uh, quite often I feel that if I don't reach out, uh, to people who haven't been around for a while, then they kind of drift away. And there are times I feel conflicted because on one hand, I miss people and I want to reach out and I want to reignite the practice. But on the other hand, I ponder, I, I wonder if, it, if I'm actually being a good teacher by reaching out. Because, you know, I don't want to practice for you. I want you to practice. And if you practice, yes, we can work together. If you're on board, I'm on board. I'm not going to drag you on board constantly 
just so you think you are practicing, because you're not. It's as simple as that. You're not practicing. You may call yourself a practitioner. We may call ourselves a practitioner. But what does that mean? What does that mean? So to take the initiatives, right, to reach out. If for some reason scheduling doesn't work out, well, reach out. Make it happen. Find another date. We cancel one Skype meeting or whatever, or you cannot show up, or you haven't been to Dokusan for a while, well, show, show up. You hear the bell, run downstairs. Run downstairs. Like you're on fire, because you're on fire. <laughs> yeah, we're just sitting here waiting. Yeah, for what? Get up. Come downstairs with a question, with an answer, with nothing. Just show up. Sit down. How can we go deep? Right? Bring that with you. How can we go deep? How can I go deep? Here are my obstacles. Here is the obstacle. Here is the problem right now I'm working, I'm facing, working with. Okay. It's a good beginning. Actually, I love that this morning the bell rang and they got up right away. Good. We need sometimes fresh outlook, right? <laughs> good. All right. You had something to say, you came down and said it. Beautiful. That's what we need. We need, to, we need that urgency, but it has to be a relaxed urgency, not uptight urgency. It's urgent because we are on fire. The world is on fire, isn't it? Unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately. Fortunately, we, we, fortunate, there is something to do about that, right? Well, yeah. Yes, and that's what we need to do. There is something to do about that, yes. I just wanted to make a very brief comment about the email. I heard um, Joel mentioning something about the email connection. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do think that sometimes when we communicate via email, people are just very worried about what they say. And I think, you know, I just wanted to kind of um, encourage people to say, we really are not judging what you say. I mean, you should can say whatever. Mm -hmm. and you can reach out saying, hey, I'm tired or I'm not tired or yeah. whatever, you know, and it doesn't matter. And, and I think it's, it's, uh, it brings a better connection between people that we are here. And I think, you know, that doesn't replace being here, but it does uh, connect people on, on different levels. And, and we're not doing it because, um, because of self-awareness. And we've been discussing this a lot during the angle, but it's, you know, it's just we are very yeah. self-aware and very um, uptight about how people think about us. And, and I think that is the only way, it's a resistance that we have. And, and so, and I mean, it's not like I'm not feeling it, but mm -hmm. we all need to overcome um, So, just put it together. Yeah, so and that's, that's how it shows up, right? That's how, it that's how what we need to practice shows up. Mm -hmm. In one of the many ways it shows up, right? It shows up as, you know, judgmental thoughts, right? About self, about others. No problem. And it is no problem, as long as we are willing to meet it and practice it. But if we allow it to control us, to control the day, then, of course, it changes things. Now, talk about uh, making our practice our own. Uh, we have a practitioner who is a remote practitioner in a different country, he happens to live in a country that shut down all uh, video uh, communication. So we're unable to keep Skype going. 
right? And he has no son now, either. Hmm. But he writes to me, we write, you know, he writes to me, he tells me what's happening. And uh, he keeps it alive. He's studying the vows. We are all going to study the vows at some point, Jukai at some point. But um, he already knows what he needs to read and he's reading it. So he's doing what he needs to do and he maintains it alone. Not easy. But doable. Right? So we, we are very fortunate. I, I don't know sometimes that we actually take the time to appreciate that. We are very fortunate to have each other, to have this place, to have a place to sit together, to have the freedoms that we have. So, anything else before we wrap it up? Okay. Thank you for having this mantra today. Thank you. Yes. For sure good. So in terms of, um, you know, keeping moment by moment, step by step practice, well, maybe you want to say a few words about running, right? <laughs> because I think that, you know, there are some correlations there when you, Amanda uh, is a marathon So when you run, right, you run, there is a goal, there is a destination, there is an end, right? But, but if you are caught up in that, you won't be able to get there, right? It has to be step by step. You have to attend to breath by breath awareness, right? You have to be there, right? So, how do you do it? <laughs> um, well, I mean, part of it is training. You're you training for months to be able to get to the end goal, but you know, that's not what you're really thinking about. You're thinking about how your body is feeling, you're adjusting, maybe it's maybe it's too cold, maybe you need water, maybe you need to take your nutrition, you're just kind of, it's a awareness of moment by moment, step by step, and I, getting a blister is my forearm plugging in, you know, my right ankle hurts, so I need to adjust that. Um, so just paying attention, listening, and step by step adjusting as you need to, um, and you know, pacing yourself at, at something that's attainable for you at that fitness level. Yeah, so it's good. This is how we need to maintain the practice, step by step. Knowing, yes, we may have an idea of a destination, fine. We want to understand, we get to the bottom of the question, okay, fine. That's the idea, right? That's what we're working with. But how do we do it? We cannot get caught up in that. And then, am I there? Am I there? Am I there? It's not going to work. Right? I'm here. How do I practice this? A moment... One moment of sitting is one moment of realization because we are practicing realization, as Dogen said. Right? So a moment of sitting is a moment of practice, is a moment of realization. Whether or not we see, different story. It doesn't really matter, actually. But it is realization. It is Buddhahood. And we have to understand that it is, because running is running, step by step is running. It doesn't matter how far you have gone, how far you have to go. You're running. It's happening already, right? You don't run for the goal, you run to run. It's the same thing, we practice for the sake of practice. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to say one more thing, you know, yeah. about, uh, relating to what Amanda was saying, what you were saying before about being a teacher. Yeah. Um, you, can, um, you can all day move somebody's arm up and down, but they're never, gonna, they're never going to yeah. be able to develop what they need in order to strengthen 
the perseverance, you know, if they're, you know, they, they can't learn how to do the movement, like in Aikido. Um, sometimes I see they're trying to do, some, sometimes people get stuck on trying to do something for the kid. But if the kid doesn't do it themselves on their own, they're not going to learn how to do it. Um, if they have somebody constantly doing it for them. Um, and in terms of being a special ed teacher even, you know, just even though my, the kids that I work with are very a challenge, um, you, you have to let them struggle, you have to let them, you have to make it, you have to let them be overwhelmed and frustrated to the point where, not to the point where they're crying, but to the point where they're just like, oh, this is too uncomfortable. And then they get it. But they don't get it unless they bring themselves there. <coughs> yeah. And you let you push them out onto the diving board a little bit. Yeah, and so we are pushed and we have to push ourselves, right? We are being pushed by the practice, by the challenges, maybe by the teacher, by koan study, right? By maybe Jukai. But we have to meet the challenge in the right way. We have to be there for that and we have to be willing to take it to the max, to put it all out. Otherwise, we are weekend warriors, you know? We go and we do whatever we do and then we go back to whatever we did before and nothing really happens. There is no breakthrough. Part-time practice doesn't lead to anything. Either we are full-time practitioners or we are practicing something else. Okay, anything else, you guys, from other space? <laughs> okay. All right, so we'll, we'll wrap it up with that. Is that the uh, intro? We'll wrap it up with that, and um, next week, next Sunday, uh, we may uh, do Fusatsu, which is retaking the vows, but it's not something that's only for those who took vows, it's for everybody. Because the, the, the vows, the, the precepts are uh, an integrated part of everybody's practice. So I will communicate by email if you want to do it next week or the week after. Okay? Alright, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank you. Thank you very much.